All right. Can we have a moment of silence, please, for my fantasy season? Thank you. <laughs> Man, some depressing news, guys. So obviously we know one of the biggest uh, upsets of the week uh, injury was David Johnson. And you know what? That's just a part of fantasy football. Uh, it was my bad. I didn't pick up his backup. But this is the second year in the row I got screwed over. I don't know. A lot of you guys out there are scrambling. I think, uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is. You just have to, you know, kind of play through it. Um, so today we're going to just break up, uh, you know, some of the action this last week and, and who, who I would be looking at if I uh, was in a 10-man league, which I am, uh, 12 and, uh, you know, possibly being available. Um so this week was kind of weird. It was uh, very not so fantasy football-like, and that means, um, you know, majority of the big points came from defenses, and a lot of our stars didn't really ball out. Of course, Antonio did, you know. Um, it's one of, like, the few first-round picks that actually did Zeke. Zeke performed pretty well, but, uh, you know, uh, even Gordon did. It just started off on a bad foot, you know, with Miami and uh, Tampa Bay not being there, but, uh, you know, not being able to play. Uh, it just felt like a bad vibe, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, we're looking forward to week two and hoping we can have a bounce back. Um, you know, if you don't have uh, Mr. Williams there, uh, I think it's Kyrie Williams for David Johnson as a backup, you're going to have to look for other people. And uh, me, myself, I think I'm just going to have to find uh, <clears throat> a goal line vulture at this point because most of the running backs are going to be pretty much gone. I mean... You know, uh, you know, you have Jarvis Allen. I would think that he's he's solid because the Woodhead injury. But at the same time, I don't really believe in him that much because, you know, he got 19 carries because of the way that the Ravens decided to execute that game. Um, I don't feel like he'll be a 19 carry guy going forward. I think he'll probably be a 10 carry guy. So, if he's something like me, I need him for the flex. Um, you know, he's worth the. Uh, a waiver wire claim uh probably the number uh another one i put on the same par as him is uh tyree cahoon uh the bears backup uh you know he is being able to do something that unfortunately jordan howard who is an amazing star running back can't do very well which is being able to catch out of the back and uh, catch in front of the line of scrimmage uh, especially with uh looks like kevin white going down with the collarbone injury there it just uh, makes for a perfect storm. Uh, rookie quarterbacks love tight ends, and they also love throwing to running backs because it's short gains. It's a, it's a, it's a check down. Uh, you know, it's something to stay. You know, uh, get you positive yards and try to convert that first down. I mean, they're not going to be taking major shots. They're not going to be out there like you know Brady and and like Carr. You know, now I could say Carr. You know, they're going to be looking for big plays or trying to play it safe, trying to learn the system. So. I think uh, Mr. Cahoon there has uh, definitely has some value. Definitely would be a uh, solid flex play in a lot of weeks. And if he is available in your league, I mean, you you know you got you got to be able to pick him up. Uh, Kerwain Williams, obviously for the Cardinals. I think I said his name, Kerwain, Kerwain, uh, whatever. You know who he is. And of course, Andre Ellington would be um, splitting with him. I mean, obviously, what this does is just move Ellington up to that number two role. Um, Elliting is an awesome uh, back. Um, you know he he could catch, he could run, but both those guys aren't going to give you. I don't think that David Johnson pro- uh, production. The team is looking at signing Chris Johnson. Um, 
it's just one of those things. I know they just signed that rookie, uh, not that rookie. He's he's been playing for a while, but off the Patriots, um, uh, they traded for him the Patriots uh, uh, practice squad to bring him in. Um, I would look for them to bring up CJ two K and hopefully get turned into CJ ten K because I think he's like a few yards short of getting that ten thousand yard record. I think he'd be a nice change of pace. But uh, this backfield. Even with uh, Mr. Williams there, I just feel like it just turned into a committee backfield and it's not that surefire, you know, this is going to be our guy. I would not be surprised at all if uh, come Sunday, uh, you know, Ellington ends up, you know, vulturing a couple of touchdowns and like 50 yards receiving and like 40 or 30 yards rushing and he ends up having a monster uh, monster game just as much as Chris Johnson can do it. So I don't like that's that's one of the problems, just like the backfield for Seattle uh, just too many heads there and it's like you know just like the Patriots like who's gonna get fed you know um that's you know that that's what happens when you don't get one of those surefire you know like the Melvin Gordons and Bells and uh people like that if you don't have that solid running back to rely on uh which talking about Seattle brings me to Chris Carson uh definitely I don't think he's worth the waiver claim I think if he's there for you he's worth uh picking up I feel like until uh, Mr. Rawls comes back there, I feel like that um, backfield is going to be the same way. He's going to get a lot of work. Uh, CJ Procise needs to be worked in. I don't know why he didn't get any work. It just makes me uh, – it's just like on Monday night when Hunter Henry didn't even – I don't even think he got a snap. And um, it's just like you're letting – you know, I want to say superior talent, but you're letting good talent just sit on the sidelines. I mean, maybe that's not in their game plans – you know, every week's different. You know, you got to use your roster every way that you see fit. So I'm not knocking, you know, Pete Carroll for what he's doing. I'm just saying, you know, uh, I think CJ Prosize is a very good running back. I want to say, like I said, he's not a superior talent, but he's a very good running back that could get you your, you know, forget the fantasy, just overall for your football team, get you, um, uh, get you, uh, get the, get the ball moving and get you those uh, converted downs because he could catch out of the back too, you know. And he could run uh, very well. So it's, you know, but uh, Chris Carson with the opportunities that he got, I mean, he, you know, six yards for what, 39? Or six carries for uh, 39 yards. That's that's very good. That's above six, uh, six yards a carry. That's, you know, and one catch for 10 yards. I mean, you know, uh, I think that he probably would be the handcuff for Walls. But, uh, you know, Eddie Lacy just looks... Yeah, he looks like Eddie Lacy. I don't know what else to say. I think this is. I would not be surprised if Eddie Lacy gets does does not finish on this team. Um, you know, it is what it is. Also, Marlon Mack. We have a pickup for him. Um, I would avoid using a waiver wire on him, depending on how your waiver wires work. I forgot to kind of point that out. So the way our league works is, if you lose it, if you use it, you lose it. You go to the back. Um, Marlon Mack is interesting, but I think a lot of his points came down when they realized that we're going to be far behind so I don't think the team wanted to uh you know what's the point of risking uh you know Mr. Fred Gore there you know what I mean uh why not start giving this uh rookie uh some looks and some work um I feel like if Andrew Luck comes back which I think he will because they didn't place him on the RI or on the pup list I'm sorry on the pup list uh they're allowing for him to come back sooner than the the four weeks or I think the six weeks it is definitely have to look for him to practice first before he comes back but hey you never know um depending on how it goes um after what i saw from uh you know the titans uh on sunday i feel like uh the colts have a decent chance of being competitive as long as luck is on that field because they have a lot of firepower on that offense it's just 
their line is you know shaky. Uh, luck really makes them look a lot better than what they are. Um, their defense, you know, hopefully Verrett comes back. Uh, not Verrett, but uh, dang it, their uh, their cornerback, their star cornerback that was missing. Hopefully he, be, he he's able to come back and he's able to contribute and they can start piecing something together. Um, but coming back to Marlon Mack, um, I feel like this might be one of those things where, you know, um, if luck doesn't come back for some reason, something happens, it might be one of those things where they're like, you know, let's see what we have in Mac and let's run him into the ground. And, um, you know, or, you know, if, if luck does come back and they start using Gore, I think you could see Mac take a few goal line uh, carries from him. But, you know, um, part of the problem that I see with this is if if luck doesn't come back and he does become the primary, I think it's going to be a situation where you're probably going to get more of a PPR value because they're going to be playing from behind. Then you are going to get like an actual RB1 value where, you know, they're trying to control the clock because they don't have the offensive line to do that. So I think the best bet is uh, for luck to come back and then Mac to be able to be a vulture and slowly start working up like uh, kind of how Henry's working behind uh, DeMarco and start developing so maybe next season he makes that jump and we're talking about him in the in the early to mid uh early third round to mid fourth round range um if they decide not to sign or they end up cutting uh gore uh next season so that's that's where i see um if you guys have a chance to pick up uh alvin Kamara, do so that's a no-brainer he got the most snaps which I, i that's beyond me i still think peterson is a good back I know everyone's like, oh, he's not, you know, he's not, yeah, I mean, he's not, obviously he's not going to be the AP of, you know, uh, two, three years ago when he won the NFL MVP, but he's still a very talented running back. And don't sleep on Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is still a talented running back who can catch out of the backfield. He is a three down back and he is big enough to carry the workload. It's just, you know, for whatever reason, like I said, Sean Payton decided, you know, maybe for this, this time, this, this scheme, it was better to give uh, Kamar the opportunity, and he believes in his abilities more than he believed in Mark Ingram. But I would not be surprised. It's it's one of those up-in-the-air kind of things. It could be any one of these three guys that takes it. I mean, right now it's looking uh, Kamara, 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 Kamara's way. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if next week we're talking about Ingram having, you know, two touchdowns at the goal line and, you know, 50 yards rushing and, you know, 30 yards receiving and Peterson and uh, Alvin there only getting, you know, five or six snaps a piece. So it's, it's one of those backfields. Um, you know, I guess that's pretty much wraps it up for me. Uh, if you have a chance, because uh, running back was me, you know, that that's my biggest need. So that wraps it up for my personal needs. But if you have a chance to pick up, uh, uh, I picked up, I drafted Cooper Cup. I just loved what he did in the, in the preseason. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to continue to do that. I think, uh, Defenses are going to have to focus on Sammy Watkins, who you know caught all five of his balls. I mean, they weren't something, nothing spectacular, but you know he's out there, he's playing, and people are going to have to respect him. So they're not going to be able to just look, you know, lock up uh, Cooper Cup all the way, and uh, they're also going to have to respect uh, Todd Gurley, who seems uh, seems on his way to having a decent year. So I think uh, this is going to be a solid uh, wide receiver two play. So if you're looking for a little bit of help on wide receiver, definitely. Uh, would put in a waiver for a cup. I would not wait for him to hit the the free agency market. Uh, Kenny Galladay, I don't know. I think 
if I would, I would, if I had to use a number one waiver, I'd rather use it on Cup than Galladay. Um, I just feel like it, he's not a fluke. He's done this in the preseason. He did this in the opener. So the kid's got talent. I would think that he, I just, I, there's a lot of talent on that team too. There's, there's, there's Golden Tate, there's Marvin Jones, you have Abdullah, uh, and you have, you know, Mr. Reddick, you know, catching out the back. I don't feel like uh, Kenny's Mr. Kenny here is going to take over like a Calvin Johnson role where, you know, Stafford's just going to be like, here you go, here you go, here you go, you know. Um, I still think that all those receivers are good. I don't think you would be bad picking him up. I would definitely play him as a wide receiver too, or depending on the matchup, or definitely a flex. But I do feel like, it, it, you know, I think the way the Lions – uh, just the way they looked at week one and how they played in the past, it, it's the same kind of, um, like, who who has the hot hand. You know, there's been games where Golden Tate's gotten, you know, like 15 targets, you know. Um, you know, there's games where Marvin Jones has gotten, like, you know, 11, 12 targets. So uh, just if you're picking him up, obviously he, he you have to pick him up if you can, uh, either free agency or waiver if you need that wide receiver. You know, definitely pick him up. Um, it's just, you know... Just be ready that he might have a game where he only gets, you know, three or four targets, five targets, and, you know, catches three or four balls for, like, 60 yards, you know. Um, it's not a guaranteed touchdown every game. Um, that That's my only concern. Versus Cooper Cup, I feel like no matter what, I feel like Cup's going to get his seven to eight targets. I, I just – I don't know why. I just feel like uh, him and, and golf have a really good uh, chemistry and a rapport, and plus he was a monster in college. So was Galladay, but – I think Cup's in a better position in the sense of, like, there's not outside, you know, you have Robert Woods. That's who you're competing against. And uh, I like Robert Woods. I liked him uh, coming out of college, and I thought he played decent for the Bills. But, you know, I still think Cup is a better receiver than him. I feel like golf has better chemistry with him. Um, I think someone like Kenny Galladay, it's going to take until, like, week six, week eight until – uh, him and Matthew Stafford really build a, build that connection, or it could be completely wrong. It could be that he, you know, Stafford's like, damn, I got two touchdowns. I look at tape, they're like, wow, this guy, you know, we have a huge advantage, and uh, you know, we have a huge size advantage, and it's working. So let's go back to him. Let's work him into the game plan. So it's kind of a gamble, but um, definitely, I would pick up both. Uh, definitely, I'll put a waiver in for both. I'd put Cup above uh, Galladay, but it is what it is. And that's an Aguilar. Wait for free agency. There's no point in put, picking him up. Um, you know, one of the plays he got most of his points, uh, broken play. Um, still a solid receiver, but like I said, I still think Alshon's the guy to own there. Uh, Sproles is definitely going to be catching. There's a lot of mouse if he's Mr. Ertz is back there too. So um, I would wave, wait on my waiver wire, you know. So if you're like the number five or number six waiver wire um, in your first come, first, you know, or, you know, use it and lose it kind of thing, I, I, I would wait. I would hold off on that. And uh, even if you don't get them, Hey, not a big deal because you know those two guys, Cup and Galladay and uh, the RB for uh, the Cardinals back up. Those three guys for sure are going to be gone. So you're going to be moving up to hold yourself in a better position. Um, if you like Aguilar, depending on the matchups, uh, you know I'd say go for it. Put him in the flex. Uh, I don't think he's a number two receiver though. I just don't. I don't. I would never. I don't think any time this season, unless more injuries happen or something crazy happens, I wouldn't put him in that top twenty category. Um, uh, that's just that's my personal opinion, but for take it for what it's worth. Uh, is Danny Danny Amendola uh, a must own? Um, I don't know. Um, 
I feel like he did good. But uh, part of the problem that I've always had with Amendola is I just feel like this guy has just had a string of bad luck. Like, he went out with a head injury, and he was on fire. And um, I feel like if he stays healthy, he is going to get that huge workload that he was going to get uh, that uh, actually was going to go to uh, Mr. Edelman because he kind of runs the same type of routes. And, you know, he's been on the Patriots. He knows the systems hasn't changed much. So he's worth the pickup, but just be cautious on uh, be cautious on his injury history because it is extensive. And we saw that on Thursday. We saw what happened when he starts getting that workload. He starts taking those hits. So um, I still think the person to own there, and if he's available somehow, some way, is Chris Hogan. Um, I believe in Hogan a lot. I feel like it's going to take him some time to, to get started. But um, by the end of the year, he should finish as probably definitely the number two if not for sure, the number three uh, best receiving option on that team. That's including running backs and everything. I think Gronk will probably still finish one. Cook's in that conversation for two, but after Cook's, I think it's going to be Hogan. I just feel like he missed a few opportunities. Him and Brady really weren't on sync in that Kansas City game. He was going against a very good cornerback and a very good secondary. So, you know, uh, you got to take that into consideration, obviously, because, you know, they are going to be facing the Jets. They are going to be facing uh, the Bills you know, who aren't going to have that strong secondary like they used to have. So I feel like uh, some of those big plays that uh, Brady did take a shot on, I feel like he's going to convert some of those throughout the season. And I feel like overall, like um, this this offense is going to start clicking and what you saw in week one is not going to happen very often to the Patriots. I don't feel like that's probably going to happen the rest of the season. I feel like they're going to be in a lot closer. And that game was a lot closer. A couple calls went wrong. Um, it is what it is. But as far as Amendola is concerned, I would hold off on using a waiver wire if I wasn't. I'd use it or lose it if I'm not. And uh, I feel like I have a chance to get them because I feel like other people, like, you know, if, if I feel other people in the league need other options, like they're going to go with the other receivers, then I would put a waiver in for him. I definitely think he's a flex, flex play, um, definitely depending on the matchup. Uh, you know, but then again, you're taking a gamble. Like I said, this last Thursday was uh, Amendola Day until he got hurt. Um, like I said, this next week could be a Cook's Day. It could be all Gronk Day. It's just, it's one of those things. Um, Marquise Lee is the receiver to pick up if you don't have uh, Allen Robinson anymore. And I'm kind of bummed about that. I don't have Allen Robinson this year, but I do like him as a player. And, um, he, you know, the thing is, is they're going to run the heck out of the ball uh, down in Jacksonville. But... At the end of the day, you're still gonna have to throw the footballs to someone if you're gonna if you're gonna you know try to attempt to win games or keep drives alive. So, I feel like outside of Alan Hearns, um, Marquise Lee is gonna be the the biggest benefactor. He'll probably jump in that number two role where Hearns jumping into that number one, and uh, it you know it'll go from there. So definitely uh, not a waiver wire you know for use it or lose it, but definitely a waiver wire if it's just a regular waiver wire. I would put one in for him and. Just kind of see how his role develops, and it's kind of like a stash play for you. Kind of right moves into that conversation um, after, unfortunately, uh, sucks to say, but Kevin White's out again, and uh, they already lost their number one receiver coming in before the season started. So, um, you know, like we said, this is fantasy football. This is not real football. So think what you want to think of Kendra Wright. But, hey, if the targets are there, the points will follow, right? I mean, that's what we're hoping for. So... Um, this person I actually would put a waiver wire in for because I feel like a lot of people in your league are going to be targeting him. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, he's worth it to stash. I probably wouldn't start him the next week. I would see how this played, uh, how this all develops out. 
And uh, hopefully if it turns out to being, you know, Mr. Wright getting eight to 10 targets a game, because they're probably going to air it out at least about 15 to 20 times, even with the rookie quarterback, you know, that's, that's about normal. So if he ends up getting about eight to 10 targets a game, I mean, that's pretty much on par with any number one receiver. Now, the depth of those targets and the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the importance, what I mean by that is like, how close is it to the red zone versus like it's at, at your, you know, 20 and you're just going, you know what I mean? That is something that you're gonna have to watch before I think you start him. You know, obviously you got to watch the next couple of weeks and see how they start incorporating their red zone, what it is they're trying to do. And uh, you have to go from there. Um, let's see here, Mr. Mariota. Uh, oh, one quick thing. I don't know why this popped in my head, but I think the biggest uh, one one sleeper if you need a receiver really bad is going to be when uh, when the Raiders play the Chargers will probably be Mr. Seth Roberts because uh, I feel like they're the, the slot receiver for the Broncos tore up Chargers in the red zone, and I feel like Seth Roberts would be due for a big game that week. I just... I don't know why. I just have a hunch. I feel like that that guy had the same kind of talent level talent level Seth Roberts has, and I feel like those corners are so good that they're going to be able to shut down Cooper and not shut down, but you know, really be able to make Cooper and Crabtree work for their money. That they're going to have to go for a Roberts to be able to get open. I don't know why that just popped in my head. So you know, that's a tidbit. That's just what I'm thinking. Um, if somehow you have Rashard Matthews uh, available, uh, you know. What he five catches for seventy one yards on nine targets, um, I, I don't know. I don't feel like he's he's the guy in uh, the Titans, but when you are facing a decent squad that's taken away your number one option and your number two option, uh, which is like Decker and I guess their rookie, their uh, Corey Davis, and and then you have who else you have to really throw to outside of your running back? You're gonna have Mister Walker, and you gotta have that slot option, or that number two option. Uh, well, yeah, slot option. Sorry. Uh, I think that uh, he'll be valuable. And I think that as the season continues to progress, I think uh, you can literally start any one of these guys as a, you know, on a bye week, you know, number two receiver uh, for uh, Richard Matthews, and you'll be fine. Um, he is worth the stash and hide. Let's see what he does in the next couple of weeks. Let's see how the the offense wants to go. I mean, they really went away from the run. Um you know, they were playing from behind. So I think that had a little bit to do with him getting those nine targets. Um, I don't see him as a nine target kind of guy. I see him as like a five or six target guy. I think there's a lot of love to be spread in that offense. And uh, that's asking a lot. That's that's pretty much putting him on. As I said, if you're getting eight plus targets, I see you as a number one receiver. And I don't see him as a number one receiver on that team. But I could be dead wrong because it's looking like Eric Decker isn't the Eric Decker of old. Um, or at least who I thought he was, uh, looking like Corey Davis is who we think he was. And uh, I feel like, uh, you know, if Richard continues to get those eight targets a game, eight to nine targets, ten targets, then he's definitely worth a stash now. And I definitely think he's just worth a stash and, uh, no, I mean, uh, waiver and stash. So just to see what happens, because I'd hate it if you didn't put in for him and, uh, you know, you let someone else pick him up in free agency or someone else puts that waiver in for him and he ends up being a star. So... This is more for the lower end on the on the on the waiver wire spots. I, w- I don't see these guys, uh, you know, from here on out as like the top five waiver spots. These are more like, you know, probably number six and below. So, like I said, if it's a use it or lose it, wait. But if it's one of those waiver wires where it's like, hey, you're the worst team, go ahead and pick somebody up. Then yeah, go ahead and go ahead and put your waiver in for them. Um, let's see here. Who else do we have on this big fancy list here? Um, 
you know, uh, one of the disappointments was really the Giants' offense, man. I feel like Eli really doesn't have any excuses this year. His line is decent. Everyone is decent uh, as far as the offense is concerned. Um, he's just, I mean, I know Adele makes a difference, but, man, he was just making some plays out there that I just thought that, you know, I, I don't think he's done or anything like that. I think it's just a bad game. Week one, maybe jitters, whatever. I think they're going to be fine in the long run. I wouldn't give up on Brandon Marshall just yet. But it is kind of disappointing to see that he wasn't getting his targets or his looks. And he's like, he was out there running decent routes. Um, it wasn't like he was like blanketed the whole game. But um, yeah, I mean, that was just kind of, that was my disappointing thing for this week. I was When I was watching that game, I was just like, man, dude, like, th- you know, against the Cowboys, like this is the time to really do something because they're, they're not known for their tremendous secondary. And the secondary did a great job, um, but... I felt like Brandon Marshall should have had the edge that week on it. Um, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, one tight end that I would name uh, that definitely is worth the pickup is, uh, if you don't have him already, is Charles Clay. I feel like he is going to be probably the number one option on that team. I don't know why. I just feel like, you know, him and Mr. Taylor have just a really good rapport with each other. Um, I feel like who else are you going to throw to? Uh, Jordan Matthews did all right. It's just you know i think uh if they're going to throw it at all in the red zone i think one of those plays is definitely going to mr clay and that's very valuable and i think he has good enough hands to get you a touchdown i'm not going to sit here and say touchdown every game but i wouldn't be surprised if he finished the year with eight touchdowns not at all maybe more um but definitely eight touchdowns uh i just you know i feel like with that uh with them running the ball the way they do i feel like that play action is going to be able to work well for them have the tight end slip out to the right or you know or to the left, whatever you want to do, and uh, take a shot. Take one passing shot and, and two running balls. I think two two running shots and one passing shot. I think that's something that they would do. And, uh, you know, uh, I think Charles Clay is going to be the top red zone target unless Jordan Matthews steps up and becomes who, you know, uh, we thought that they traded for or they thought they could be. Or, well, well, I guess the fans thought what I thought. Shoot, let's just say it better. What I thought. I thought he could be a red zone target. But it just doesn't seem like him and um, – you know, Tyrod just have not connected yet. Uh, Austin Hooper, wait for him, the free agent. That was just a fluke game. Busted play for 88 yards. I mean, that's not going to happen every week. He is a tight end that they could look for in the red zone, but uh, I wouldn't be worth the waiver for me. Um, but if you do need a tight end, and like I said, you're not in a use it or lose it waiver, he would probably be my uh, second second best pickup Uh Jesse James would be my my top one this week. Actually, well, Charles Clay would be, but I'm not expecting Charles Clay to be available because I had him as a top 10 tight end, and I would hope that somebody drafted him. But if <laughs> if they didn't, then, hey, you're going to get really lucky and be able to pick him up. Um, Ingram looked really good. Uh, he only had, you know, uh, five targets and got 44 guards, but he looked good in the sense of, like, he, was, he made the most out of the opportunities he was given. It wasn't much after the catch, but... Uh, the fact that Eli in week one is already looking at a rookie tight end like that, even though he's listed as the number two tight end. Um, I see him more as a receiving uh, threat than a tight end threat because the person I think listed ahead of him could block better and he could protect better. Um, but obviously Ingram's getting the offensive power there. I feel like if Beckham Beckham is there, I think Ingram would benefit a lot more, especially when you see Beckham screaming down the sideline. Um and you're going to see Ingram, you know, uh, stop and drop or stop and cut. Um, I think he is a uh, draft and stash. Uh, you know, if you need help at tight end. If you got one of the 
six, seven tight ends that you need to get, like, you know, the Kelsey, the Gronks, the Olsons, Walkers, whatever. You're not really worried about tight end. You'll, you'll pay attention to it on your bye week and plug and play and hope for the best, you know. So, um, but if you are desperate for a, you know, if you're looking just to play that one tight end, um, I think he's worth a uh, drafting stash, depending on your roster and your positions. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, I think the lesson for this week is don't under- underestimate your kickers and your defense. Um, definitely look for those matchups, but it's, you know, I don't think it's going to be like this all year. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a team once a week that scores that 30 or 25, but it's not going to be like it was uh, this week where you had like two teams scoring, you know, 30, pl- thir- close to 30 points. That was kind of just ridiculous. Like I said, weird week in fantasy, but. Uh, you know, that's what you get. And uh, for anyone that had David Johnson, um, I would say, hey, you know, this is part of the game and you got to do the best you can. And hopefully, uh, unlike me, you drafted well enough that you picked up one of the rookies coming back to you in the third, which I did not do. So I am kind of screwed. But if you did, hey, it is what it is. And uh, just got to hope for the best and hope that one of your guys that you're stashing and grabbing ends up playing to his potential. And let's hope that you can scrape it in somehow to playoffs and David Johnson comes back and saves the day. Hey, <laughs> that's pretty much all we got. Uh, for those of you that lost Allen Robinson this week, um, that kind of really sucks because I think Allen Robinson was in for a decent year. Not a magical, spectacular year that he had a couple years ago, but he was in it for a good year, and it's going to be hard to replace that sec- solid number two uh, receiver for your fantasy because he was going to be a top 20 player all year for me. So, you know, that that's kind of a blow, but... Um, as one guy falls off, another guy would jump in for that 20, and hopefully you could pick him up in the waivers and you start streaming until you find that guy that could give you that production that you were hoping for. Um, other than that, um, looking forward to week two. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, this is the first time I'm doing the waiver wire pickups. So uh, anyways, uh, hit me up on Instagram, PXARM007. Slide in my DMs. All right, guys, good luck.